with Google, it's all about understanding and signals. And if you get more links, and what links is, is someone referring you, right? And it should be a do follow link, positive trust flow, high authority, like association or, you know, someone writes an article about you or whatever, right? Linking back to you. Make sure it's anchor tax is branded and there's a ratio behind, behind that. Really focus on like quality links. So, so I can get really into links, but as an overview, just do good work. Let other people know about that. And hopefully you get earn a link. Don't pay for the stuff, right? Welcome to the Greg Allen Podcast. Thanks for joining us where we talk about life. I truly believe that everyone has a story to tell and a lesson to teach. And that's what this show is all about. So if you're enjoying the show, please head over and leave us a review. It helps us connect, inspire, and help more people like you. And I just want to do a big shout out to you for taking the time to grow and improve. So good on you. Keep doing what you're doing and good luck in life. Hey, John, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks a lot for having me, Greg. I'm excited. Thanks a lot for, uh, I know you've been very busy over the last couple of weeks and months and finally we get to connect. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm really excited to have a chat to you. So where are you, where are you living at the moment? Um, I'm here in Toronto, Canada. Cool. Um, so a little far away from where you are. And uh, I've never been to Australia, but that's definitely in my bucket list. Awesome. Yeah, I've, I haven't been to Toronto. I've been to Canada. I loved it when I came over. It was, it was really good fun. Apart from I fractured my back snowboarding on Whistler. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was a, that was a hectic time. Uh, I was, I was really, do you know what sucked about it? I was really, um, I was really at a, phys, a physical and mental peak when it happened and, um, I wasn't drinking. I was really in a really high state of mind and then that happened and I couldn't move and I couldn't exercise and went into a bit of a slump as a result. But, um, but I loved it. Love Canada, love the people and, um, yeah, keen to learn more about what you're doing over there. So yeah, you should uh, definitely come back. So coming, going on the West Coast is a little bit different from where I am in Toronto. Uh, much more busy, but West Coast is very uh, vibrant, relaxed, chilled environment. And people are so friendly out there. Um, very, you know, nature-rist. Yeah, totally. And I definitely felt that. So what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? What, do you, what have you been focusing on? Uh, yeah, so with, um, you know, what's going on with this pandemic, I mean, just refocusing on what's important in life, right? And mm. I think over the last couple months, um, I do have a young child that I was, the last three months, I've been a teacher as well. So just pivoting, trying to figure out how to, you know, stay present for him. Yeah. And uh, really, really just you know, making the most out of life in general and evaluating what's important in life, right? So understanding that family comes first, yeah. food, shelter, taking care of your health, uh, relationships that are very close to you, um, stay focused on that and help, right? And give as much as possible. As much as the business is the business, I mean, it's all about people, right? And as long as you have a core foundation of uh, who's important and what you're doing, um, it's that's what life is all about. So. Yeah, I think I think when business sort of you get into it and you and you get pressure from other people and you get you know your clients and your staff and your your expectations of yourself, you sort of get sucked into this. You know, I've got to keep going, keep going, keep going, and you forget about what's most important often. So coming back and trying to reconnect, what do you what do you sort of do to remind yourself that of those things that are most important to you? Yeah, so I've been doing uh, having my SEO agency for seven years. So yep. early days, um, I've been, you know, I was hustling. I was putting in 16, 18 hours uh, just to break even, right? To get yeah. good customers, uh, to survive, hire good people. And it was always a, a race. As you know, people get stuck in this rat race, right? Working for a big corporation. And that's what I used to do as well. And then running a business, that's what you start doing as well. Until you come to a realization of how do you focus on what you love and then let other people deal with stuff that you hate, 
doing, right? As a business owner, you can dictate what you should be doing, right? Yeah. So focus on things that actually you're passionate about and you see value in doing and let other people um, take care of, say, the bookkeeping or sales and marketing if you're not strong or operations or managing people, HR and all that other stuff, right? Uh, so I was able to kind of step back from working in the business, I would say three, four years ago, and now focus on working on the business. And that's really allowed me to de-stress, focus on what's important, like family and you know my relationships and people, um, building stronger community and understanding why I'm doing what I'm doing and allowing me to pivot and allowing me to do certain things I've always wanted to do, right? So just self-reflecting is so important. And as an entrepreneur, you, everyone gets so busy chasing, right? For the next client or to, for the next pay, right? Big, big client or taking care of your client. But ultimately, you then realize who do you really want to serve in the end, right? And when you come to a better realization of positioning and what core values you are uh, really trying to portray out there, you you really understand who you be, want to become, right? At the end, so yeah, I've I think as you've been able to do that over the last couple of years, you yeah. touched on a really important point there. It was um, you know, just identifying what you're strong at and what you're weak at, or what you don't like doing, because those people, it's let's just say it might be sales and marketing, and you hate it, but then there's people that love it, and they just eat it up, and they love that. So it's so cool to be able to build a team. Instead of hiring people like you, you hire different people who fill in those gaps. And then that, you know, energy that you get to create within your business, you know, you fill the gaps that you hate with pe people that love it. And then, you know, you get this really strong balance. Now, on that, I'd love to hear your feedback on, um, I think a lot of people, you know, you get used to earning a certain amount of profit. So when you hire someone, you feel like you're, you're losing money because your profit goes down. I've always seen that. I don't know if I've always seen it, but I've, d I've come to develop the idea of, you know, I'll hire someone because I value my time with my family and the things that I love to do higher than the dollars that I'm earning. You know what I mean? So some, I, I feel like I'm happiest when I'm like, if I break even, but then I get all, to do all the things I love all the time and I get to spend the time with my family, I've got that freedom, then that is totally cool. Let's just break even. I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know, um, exactly. I, and I think people are so focused on the profitability and the loss revenue side of things. I look at is what's most important with you. And I think time is the biggest asset. And if you're able to take back time in your life to spend it with people that you love or do things that you enjoy doing, travel and do things that are outside of work that you maybe life and work is alongside where that's your passion right so but focus on things that you actually enjoy doing right so it frees up time so that you can actually do it very well and do more of it right and it relieves some of your stress it takes so much burden off you sleep better you focus on what's important in your life and then you allow someone else to elevate right and do what they love yeah totally so what was the for you what was the hardest thing in your business being an seo uh, company when you when you were in that startup phase doing those massive hours what was the most challenging thing for you yeah so I actually came from a different um, background. Like I've always been in sales and marketing. That's my background. Yeah. I was working at Yellow Pages before I started this agency. So I was there for five years doing frontline sales, meeting thousands of business owners, right? So when I pivoted to starting my own, the reason I did that was there was a demand from a lot of my existing clients yeah. saying I, I was spending a ton of money, but I was not getting good value. So I jumped into this SEO world, not knowing anything technically. Right. But I, I started this venture. It's like, I knew there was a need. I jumped on it. And then I formed a team to kind of help me elevate me. And early days I had to learn about everything to do with SEO. Yeah. Right. Although I, I was nitty gritty early days. I soon realized like I was spending way too much time, figuring stuff out that I was never strong at and I hated doing, Yeah. right? And I was stressing over things. So I slowly started 
sourcing people out, hiring good people, firing people, and you learn quickly, you know, who's a good fit and what you're really looking after in terms of like long term in your business. Um, As long as, you know, some experience, but really personality, I would vet over anything. Like, are they in the same kind of mindset and the same kind of work ethic? You know, that's more important to me than someone that has a huge skill set, right? Because most of those people, they expect so much from you and demand so much, right? Yeah, a bit of, bit of an egotism going on when they, they think they know it all. That's those sort of people. Yeah. It's like hard to train those people, yeah. isn't it? So how, how yeah. long was it from, like how long were you learning for? How long was that initial phase before you put on your first person? Yeah, so early days, I was contracting out um, online. So I used like Upwork or Freelancer. And I got people overseas to help me out on a part-time basis, right? Um, Full-time over there and really just help me get in the the whole SEO game because I had no technical background, right? I was out there selling and I was getting paid. So now I had to figure out how the heck do I get them on that first page of Google, right? (laughs) Because my name's on the line. So I'll pay and do things to make sure that I get results, right? And yes, I learned bad habits, black hat, as well as good habits and good ways to do it, right? Along the way, I, I met a ton of people. I made tons of mistakes. And, but it molded me to where I am today, right? So early days, I hired a lot and I fired a lot. I made tons of mistakes until I finally found, I think first year into it, I found an operations manager and she was pretty much so pivotal for me to then hire SEO manager, everyone internally, because she came from a good team already, company, and we connected. So then every year I would fly out there, meet them, build a team there, and grew from there, right? Like the, the thing is you need someone that's strong enough that you can trust that has the same sort of goals and commitment um, as yourself, but are weak at sales and marketing or you know dealing with customers and them focus on what their strengths are. Yeah, totally. So with that person, how did you go about finding them? Was that just one of your contractors and you're like, wow, you are a standout, I wanna it- get you on? Exactly. So I was fortunate. I mean, I don't know if that's reality in the world, but I was lucky to find someone that I met online, gave them some side work, tested them out, kept them going, monitored them, and then eventually gave them more more responsibility, got them to quit their existing job, yeah. uh, gave them more of a management role, started hiring, and now the backend team is over 30, and it's been growing since, right? And it's awesome it's a lot of fun, right? Like seeing the fruits of what I started with blossom to having a, an actual company. Yeah, that's so cool. So uh, what did, what is your, now that you've hired so many people, what is your process to ensuring, you know, it's not just a, a luck, it doesn't come down to luck. What is the process you go through for hiring, you know, high performers for your roles that you, you've got? Yeah, definitely. So, of course, we have uh, procedures and processes in place, right? Through, through a lot of, uh, pro, you know, trial and errors and tribulations. Um, we are not HR experts by any means, but it's all about gut feel as well as asking the right questions, personality tests, checking the references out because anyone can lie these days, right? So really do your due diligence, uh, just like vetting any new onboarding client or they vet you to see if they want to work with you right so very similar because when you hire someone to be on your team they have to be certain that they have certain metrics and values that you have in place right especially if you grew it for so many years so i think that is i guess time we've kind of refined it we made mistakes we kind of figured things out over the years and we continue trying to get better, right? But we always ask internally first, if we're looking to hire, it's always best to get an internal referral, right? Because, you know, someone that is putting their name on the line from your staff to allow someone that they know in, they don't want to make you look bad, right? Like 
and if you trust the person already, they they know what we, we're all about, right? So it's a lot easier once you have internal referrals. Yeah, totally. So internal referral, like, hey guys, do you know anyone that would want a job with us? And then they're not going to be lying on their resume for for a specific role. Yeah, exactly for yeah. a specific role because you know it's community, right? Like we. We as SEOers, um, it's a very tight knit community, right? And depending on where you live, um, there's only so many associations and groups and people that actually know what we do, right? So, you know, it, it's really there's so many companies out there, but how many good companies are there, and how many good people in that company is there? Yeah, totally. So, have you got an example of a bad hire? Oh uh, yeah, many times as well. Okay, what's we made worst? a lot of mistakes. <laughs> um, so some of the early ones, um, we didn't vet properly, right? So again, um, referrals, but I don't know their work ethic and habits, right? So yeah. a lot of them were just faking it, and you can see right through it. As long as, as much as we do time tracking and we have all the software to monitor performance and activity and all that the stuff that goes on, you don't want to be micromanaging anyone, right? Mm. So with all these tools and software, it allows you to have peace of mind, right? Um, so early days, there were some of my staff that were actually using other software to um, kind of impersonate that they were actually working, right? Oh, so no. it was like Changing windows and so movement of mouse. Exactly. Yeah movement about changing windows but the performance and every time we would ask them a question or send an email no response dead silence right mm. so obviously at that point you're like okay so where were you at these days times what's going on during this gap of like a couple hours here and there no answer yeah right yeah so so then you give them a warning you do the proper procedure and processes yeah. to kind of enforce it and then they continue doing it, and then you kind of say, sorry, you're not a good fit, right? So then you kind of vet people even more strongly and give that example during the interview process, yeah. right? So that people are aware of, if you do anything like this, don't even think about working here, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we don't want you. We are, exactly. <laughs> so all these things are like, yeah, you, you learn, but you make mistakes, and then you allow others to understand that, we're serious as a company, right? Totally. So um, I'm interested to hear about this tracking software that you use and what you've learned about tracking software and the challenges. And maybe like, for instance, you said people use software to like mimic it. So what's some other things that we need to know about? Firstly, what is the software you use now after trialing, you know, different ones and, and why do you choose that? Yeah, I think we used uh, Time Doctor and we used Tahoe Meter. Um, for timing, um, but we also use a lot of like Asana for, you know, just activity Tasks report, and activity, yeah. uh, tasks and activity, active collab, there's Trello, there's so many different task management softwares. I think the big thing about anything from Google Drive to Dropbox, you know, sharing documents to any software that everyone uses on your company is the, I guess, engagement of every team member, right? As an SEO company or software tech company, it's all about ensuring that everyone's on board, active, and using it effectively, right? Yeah. So train them well, make sure that they have capabilities to do what they need to do, and they're comfortable doing it, right? So that's what is more important, I would say, than the software itself, right? Because every time you upgrade or change, there's that learning curve, right? So I hate spending more time than I need. I'd rather just keep it simple, keep it straightforward so everyone's in alignment, but also effective, right? And so they're not wasting time learning and reporting. I'd rather them just doing the work that's needed to derive on the results. Yeah, how do you speed up that training? So you made some really good points around training and making sure that people know how to use the, the systems that you use within your business. Yep. So. Do you personally train them or have you trained someone to train them? How do you go about ensuring that that's done yeah. well, the onboarding process? Yeah, so over the last couple of years, uh, as we've been hiring more, um, we've gone through the similar training modules for certain 
you know, type of staff, right? Like a writer goes through this training, link builders, SEOers, content graphics, dev. So yeah. over the years, when we've hired, we've recorded everything on a Zoom call or video, right? Yeah. And then now we use that to train new people. So we're like, here, spend half a day watching all the videos. Come back with me if you have any questions. So it saves us time. Yes. Right. And we already have a documentation. So it's all about the SOP, right? Standard operating procedure. As you want to grow, you want to reduce the amount of time people are continuing doing the same thing. Yeah. Right. So if you're able to replicate it and do it once, even though you may pivot and figure out ways to streamline it and update it. So what we do is every six months to a year, we update videos and documents, right? Based on what changes of software that we're using or processes that we're doing right yeah. so it's a continuous evolution especially in this world we're living because we're constantly trying new software for google right yeah and yeah. uh you have to stay on top of mind so not every industry and business has to do it in the same extent but i feel if you are doing it for this kind of practice, um, you're always ahead of the curve and you're always trying to be working more efficiently. Yeah, cool. All right, so awesome tips there. And we, we follow a similar thing at our academy and for our electrical business as well. So it's really cool to hear. Um, so, and the other thing I guess is apps are changing. They get their updates, they change their UX, they change the UI, that everything's changing and what looks different and buttons go different places. and. You've got to update your, you know, procedures and whether it's video or documented. Uh, documented. So, um, hey, uh, I'm, I'm getting a little bit excited now. I want to talk about Google. I want to talk about how, what is Google doing at the moment? How do we optimize to be at the top of Google? How do we get better local searches? How is it working? Like, what's what's Google want at the moment? Um, so it's still foundational. I always look at um, why business owners are in business in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. Are you offering a really good product service? Focus on um, keywords, focus on really running a good business in general because yeah. um, what you're doing as an SEO company is really piggybacking uh, on the success that you're having offline, right? You wanna replicate what's working if you don't have a digital presence and you're running a good business so that you can elevate and scale and provide more visibility for your website and business digitally. So what I always say is, you know, traditionally focus on what works, understand your business, understand your clients and be known online as that expert authoritative figure. Right. Yeah. And how do you do that? As much as you, build a brand new spanking website, UX, speed is fast. Everything else is important, which is amplification, building good creative content with really good depth, right? Not just written content, but images, video, vi uh, a podcast, infographics, right? Make it as multi-channel, multi-dimensional as possible. Stand out to some extent, right? Yeah. Do some interesting surveys and data points and um, getting thought leaders on board. There's so many things like, and start guest posting, contributing to association, do some more speaking and get out there because running a business is not easy. Anyone that thinks it is really is it's not for them, right? Like it's not, it's not a hack. No one can hack to be successful, right? Maybe short term, but yeah. long term, it's never going to work. Right. So that's what SEO is about. It's a long term game. If you're running a business and you want to bring it online and now become more of a influencer or someone that's at the top of Google, it's the same thing. It takes time. You have to build up authority, which is provide good content, get more links, keep writing, keep doing, keep taking care of your clients, producing good content you know, service product reviews, testimonials, getting in other sites, making sure they're spreading the love and word of mouth because before internet existed, the computer and, you know, laptop, tablet, smartphones, it was generational businesses that succeeded. And today you see companies that can kind of do seven figures within a year, right? That's unheard of because of the ability of technology, right? being able to allow you to scale and have a digital footprint, right? But traditionally, that never existed, right? Mm. It would take you years and 
decades to refine the business model to understand how it works and how which clients you should really target and the per- personality of your ideal customer right yeah. and so digitally you have to understand how to run a good business before you transition it to digital and then from there it's all about writing good content you know the images the videos everything else is about amplification right yeah. um, but there's a lot of signals and you know we we get we deal with a lot of small, medium-sized businesses as well, some national, international companies, and everyone wants that number one page top listing, right? I always be real with them, and I'm like, look, you're competing with whoever, and they've been doing it for this amount of time, and they've been, they probably invested tons of money and time and resources. Mm-hmm. So if you're starting today, don't expect miracles, <laughs> right? Yeah. It takes as much time or even longer or shorter, but expect time. Like, you know, running a business is not, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, right? Yeah. To be successful. It takes time to get there. So, yeah. So we've we've got an electrical contracting business. It's in Perth and it's, you know, I've been at the top of Google and then it ro- rolls down. We might be fourth position, it might be third and it's back up at one and it might be down at seven. Um, this is on your organic listing. It's not in the, um, the local listing. So um, with the organic listings, what causes those fluctuations? Why does it go up and down like that? Like it's pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah, so uh, listings. Uh, so I focus on the map, which is a three-pack of Google, yeah. as well as below the map, right? So as much as you can get more exposure on the first page organic naturally, the better it is for every business. Because mm. as you know, people who pay at the top, the users typically don't click on those ads. Like say 70% of the people will go below those ads and click organically. Right. Because they know those business owners have paid to play. Right. So what what do you need to do to get on the map first off? Right. And so that's the local three pack. Yeah. Uh, That's very important because it's nearby searches and it's all about relevance and, you know, location based. Right. And it's all about reviews, citation, links, content. There's so many other factors and it's a different algorithm for the local pack than below the the map as well. Okay. So what I always all I always tell people to do is verify your Google My Business page, make sure you're updating it, make sure that you're in the correct category, start getting good reviews and getting exposure out there, get some links out there um, and do good work, right? Mm. But really focus on not just trying to do everything well, but focus on doing a couple specialty get uh, like a niche specialize yeah. as much as possible so that people know what you're all about from residential commercial master electrician to whatever licensed electrician like focus yeah. on nomad tube whatever it is like because it's too general people are like generalizing too much once you hyper focus on who you want to be known as right then you can actually let people know and google know that you are a specialist on these certain specialties and I focus on these type of markets or neighborhoods or regions. And then once you have that defined, then you can kind of expand, grow from there. Once you dominate a local area, right? People want to dominate everything right away. Focus on small and grow nationally, right? Um, Which is much more easy to do because then you're not competing with national players because national players have huge budgets and have huge resources and they want to go after very broad competitive terms. But the more refined the keywords it is, the easier it is for a local player to rank and you're gonna get, yes, lower search volume but higher conversion rate on those search volumes because a local user or potential client wants to go with a local provider. Yeah, totally. Right. So with the proximity, because I think was that one of the most important things now for Google, How is there a way that you can expand that? So for instance, uh, for us, we've, we've targeted Perth Electrician as our main keyword. We are in Perth, our office is in Perth, and we try and get the biggest reach as we can. I think we've got about 450 reviews, 4.89 star rating, um, and... That's we just really focus on delivering a good service and getting our customers to talk about it. 
So in terms of that, how do we rank for other areas? Because I think it's not allowed to have like multiple offices in the same area, is it? Yeah, so if you are in a big city like that, um, unless you have a physical location in multiple parts of the city, of course, then you can claim and verify. But mm -hmm. if you want to then market into different markets within that, you know, surrounding areas that are more suburbs, right? You need that physical location, especially if you're a service-based type of business, right? So I think the restriction is up to 25 miles um, in terms of like how dominant and how far you can reach. Um, but again, another easier way is paid ads, right? On Google, my business. Um, and then you can market into other markets as well. But typically people want to, you know, go to someone that's localized, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, um, it's something you, you, you sort of reach a cap at some point, you know, like in a local business, like you just can't grow anymore from that avenue. I felt like we've reached the cap. Like we can't, grow from that we've had to look at other ways to grow the business whether that's through seo more targeted keywords or just more outbound marketing and stuff like that well once you dominate one city or locale then focus on other regional areas and maybe that means setting up an office or people a storefront and allowing that google my business to then dominate that region right mm. and setting up a cruise for that right because ultimately that's what google wants which is it's similar and because i was lucky to, and fortunate enough to work at yellow pages and i was there for five years i saw how that phone book worked right and google's exactly the same thing right where every business owner wanted to dominate every single city in every market right yeah. in that category right lawyers dancers you name it right but in reality it's all about the users and customers and where do they want to shop who do they want to use as a vendor right so if you look at it it makes sense for google to restrict businesses to really focus on their immediate vicinity um, so how do you as a business owner scale right um, if you're already dominating one market how do you get into other markets so growing it means getting other lo locations and offices or spending money on ads right as yeah. much as organic can help you elevate organically underneath the map um, it's still that map three pack is so prevalent today right because people can just call at their fingertips they yeah. read reviews they don't even have to go to your website right and as much as their third-party sites um like all the you know home improvement type sites as well as you know the directories and social media sites it's still google that owns dominant search results right so that map below um is so vital for small medium-sized business owners yeah, okay. So I think you touched on a few points there on how to get better rankings in the map. What are some other things? So we've, I think you said get, make sure you're updating it, make sure you've verified it, make sure you're getting reviews. What are some other things that people can do to get a better ranking on the local searches? Yeah. Yeah, so the local, again, it's very similar to Facebook and Twitter. You can actually post on a weekly basis. Um, Google My Business posts, um, they are around for seven days and then they kind of get removed. Um, another thing you can do is make sure that you know what's going on with your competitors, right? Um, a lot of these people who are trying to expedite or trick Google to, in a short period of time, keyword stuff, certain keywords for their title, right, of their yeah. name. Well, you can report them, right, and slowly uh, remove them off the search engines. And again, these are hacks. People are trying to figure out ways as a lead gen site, and they're not running a real business, right? And so it's very short term, but you need to stay on top of that, right, for yourself and for your competitors, right? Um, so just clean up the mess, make sure that you're running good business and not don't really focus just on Google My Business. I would say, yes, you have great reviews and good reputation, but always look at other channels, other sites, third party sites, because you don't know where your potential customers are ingesting information. Mm. Google, yes, is the dominant platform, but some of these other third party sites might be also getting a lot of traffic. Right. Um, like the yellow pages or the Yelps or whatever it is. Right. Facebook and all the other sites. Mm. 
Yeah, so I guess that's people just always think Google. They're like, how do I get better at Google? But they don't think about how do we optimize those other third-party sites. So that's a good, that's a really good point. Does that help with your organic ranking on Google as well? Yeah, so I think with Google, it's all about understanding and signals. And if you get more links, and what links is is someone referring you, right? And it should be a do follow link, positive trust flow, high authority, like association or, you know, someone writes an article about you or whatever, right? Linking back to you. Make sure it's anchor text is branded and there's a ratio behind, behind that. Really focus on like quality links. So, so I can get really into links, but as an overview, just do good work. Let other people know about that. And hopefully you get earn a link. Don't pay for the stuff, right? It's all about doing good work. Um, and I always look at the, this online digital presence as evolution of my grandparents or my parents. If they ran a business, how did they survive without internet and technology, right? Mm. It was the yellow pages. It was word of mouth. It was all referrals. They took care of their clients. They provided a great service that people wanted and needed and they had something unique from some of the other competitors, right? So very similar, like run a good business, it will take care of itself. Yeah, so with with the links, is that a backlink? Is that the same thing? Yes. So a backlink. Yeah, backlinks are very pivotal. Yeah. And what I always emphasize as a backlink is referring domains, which is unique domains and not, don't focus on one site with multiple links, yep. focus on many sites that are unique within your region or IP, relevant to your niche and location as well. So it's harder to get, but links should be hard to get, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like getting a referral, right? So, the more difficult it is, the higher authority it is, which is someone that's trustworthy linking to you, your site, the better it is for your business. Yeah, so I hear what you're saying, like earn a link, and I, I find it's, um... For electricians, I guess this is my one of my businesses. So an electrician trying to earn a link, no one wants to write about an electrician. Like if you go out and you, you're a public speaker or something, then people are like, yes, I want to write about them because they've made an impact, they've done this. But you know, people just often don't want to write about, you know, this person's gone out and put a PowerPoint in. <laughs> like, so how do you earn a link in a, a local business like that? That you know, even though we love what we do, we we love to go out, we love to be passionate about our job and making sure we provide great value and service to our customers. How do we get people to write about that and put it onto their high domain authority website with a link? So as, yes, so it's very hyper localized in your instance. And I would then focus on community base. So as a local sponsor to the local hockey team or local sports team, baseball team, soccer team, whatever, right? Um, you have the ability to not just sponsor or contribute, then hopefully that allows for links, right? Uh, schools, charities, uh, association groups, um, local chambers, whatever it is, right? Because there's a lot out there and there's always new ones coming out, right? So stay on top of what's going on on the local scale, but then when it becomes more national, um, you look at other markets in other ways, like newspapers or magazines that they want contributors, right? They want someone as an expert, and this could be more of a PR push, where they want someone credible that, um, that speaks very intelligently with highly a lot of experience speaking to their audience members, right? So once you become that expert thought leader, then it's a lot easier to get links. But that's earned over the course of many, many years of doing what you're doing, right? It just doesn't happen over one or two years. It could be five, 10, 20 years until you start becoming more that credible thought leader. Yeah, definitely. So um, maybe just writing a list of you know people or communities or schools or you know different groups that you could reach out to and, and see how you can help them so they'll help you with a link. Yeah, and give, right? Like ultimately don't force it. Don't do it just for links, right? You're do, running a business to do good. You want to help, you know, the local uh, home building board and, and educating their members, right? So once they feel like you're actually contributing to a good cause and actually wanting to make a difference and helping them, that's when you then can kind of say, look, 
you know, if you're going to write, just make sure you have my, you know, website there or whatever, right? So all it is is really just doing good. Yeah, totally. Cool. And it should all come back around. So um, in terms of uh, on-page SEO, what are some things that people need to consider when they're writing? Because I see a lot of websites when I'm working with my clients as well in the business coaching side of things. Um, you look at their website and there's there's pretty much no keyword related to any headline, no images, you know, it's very basic. So what are some key points that people should just be aware of to help their website rank a little bit better? Yeah, so on page, um, just like building a really good website in general, it's a first impression, right? And what you need to really focus on is understanding who your ideal customers are, right? So as much as you're running a business, um, if you don't have revenue, if you don't know who those customers are and who you want to be known as, as an expert and specialist, you cannot build a good site. You cannot speak to those type of people. So once you know who they are, then you got to do some keyword research, figure out how to, you know, play with some of the terms and keywords that are relevant, competitive, not so competitive, long tailed and push it so that it's easy for Google to recognize what your website's all about, right? Who you are and who you're trying to position yourself as. So always focus on depth. Yes, optimize your H1 tags, description, meta description, all image tags, speed, you know, everything is pretty straightforward because there's tons of plugins like Yoast, all-in-one SEO, that's free and anyone can just do it. Mm. But that's very, uh, everyone should just do that as the mandatory things. It's all about, how do you then, because everyone thinks that's all it is for SEO, right? Once you have a website and you have some terms on there, it's all about everything else that's important, right? Which is how do you get other people to refer you and get some links, build authority, um, create some more traction, get more reviews. That becomes how do you run a good business? Yeah. <laughs> so people forget about running a good business. They focus so heavily on marketing and advertising, thinking that's going to really take over so that they don't have to worry about running a good business. So they're running a poor business, forgetting how to do that, and they're focused so heavily on doing other things. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so what are some of the biggest mistakes you see, um, you know, going in, looking at your clients, so websites and stuff like, that, oh my God, you haven't done that. So what are some of those moments? <laughs> yeah, we, we see it all, right? Like when we do onboarding, we always look at uh, the state where it's at, like the benchmark, right? So full audit on the site. And then we always look at compare it with two or three major competitors in the industry so we kind of know what is going on which keywords what they've done what's the history like what's the flow like how much traffic they're getting and then get a better picture as to what we can do to kind of get them to that level they will all want right which is be where their main competitors are right so have a benchmark figure out a campaign and strategy and figure out like what it takes because Sometimes it may take years to get to some of the levels that they all want to be, right? Sometimes it's all it takes is a couple months, right? Because no one's really competing with the level that a real agent should, should really elevate them to, right? Yeah, totally. So, but what are the, is there some things that you've seen that just straight out as you as an expert would see it and just be like, <laughs> nah, can't do that. <laughs> what are some of those? Yeah, oh yeah, like, Running um, a lot of websites and a lot of people go really uh, low budget and they use a lot of different sites, right? So they're renting a website and you don't get full access. So again, someone that's doing say a Wix site or Squarespace or GoDaddy website builder, yes, the cost is you know, nominal, right? 20, 30, $40 a month, but you're renting that website. So you don't have full access of ownership. So how do you compete with someone that has full access, owning their own website, custom built website, compressing images, allowing for fast light speed, right? Mm. Um, embedding a lot of the code that doesn't impact a lot of the issues that you're going to have. Like you can't compete. And a lot of people are, know hesitant to make that shift and commitment but if you think about running a business this is your digital footprint and if you don't have that brand your storefront and this is 
digital storefront you're talking about, right? Mm. And if you feel that that's how people are now consuming and looking for people, you should invest accordingly. So with that in mind, a lot of people skimp out on building and owning their own site and doing it as a fraction of the cost and not understanding the the ramifications of what is holding them back, right? Um, and I always say, if you're serious and you're looking at doing this for five, 10, 20 more years, and this is what your passion is, really invest seriously on building a good website, building a good marketing strategy and campaign, and really allowing experts to take care of it if you're not doing it yourself and you're good at it. Yeah, right? that's a really good analogy. Hey, the property analogy. And I think... Um, if you do it early enough, it's like those people. It's like I bought my property for ten thousand dollars, and now it's worth a million. Like, <laughs> it's like um, that's pretty much what you can do now. It's like it might seem expensive now to build a good quality website, but you know, in ten years' time, that's going to be you know it even more expensive asset that you kind of have to like eventually buy into to get the good rankings, which will give you a good return on investment. Is that right? That's exactly a great analogy. I always use the same thing, which is SEOs like building equity, owning real estate, right? Where if you are a homeowner, you understand why you're a homeowner in the first place. You probably hated renting. You're paying a landlord that's paying down their mortgage and they're appreciating with a solid asset in building equity, right? Yeah. So as a real estate investor, you understand what it takes, right? On how long it takes to save money, but the sooner you get in, the better it is overall, right? Yeah. Because you're gonna reap all the rewards and you're not gonna think about it, but at the end, when you sell your business, you're selling a great asset that generates tons of inbound leads of quality on top of the revenue that already helped you achieve. Yeah, so, um what about those people that's listening right now and they're like, ah, oh, damn it, I've been 10 years and I've got 500 pages on you know, Squarespace or Wix or whatever it is. Like, what would you say to someone like that? Uh, migrate it over or find someone to really uh, take care of and do it properly, do it yeah. professionally. Yeah. Um, because you can actually lose a lot of your authority and juice without canonical and redirect properly right like a full migration should be done properly by an expert right that knows what they're doing um, build a solid website that's foundational and really look at your website every couple of years right people think five years ago that website should be withstanding today even mm -hmm. though they invested a couple thousand dollars five ten thousand dollars think about it today's website is so different than two years ago yeah right let alone five years ago so Technology has advanced so quickly. Our phone that's 4G today or LTE, right? It's now going to 5G, which is a thousand times the speed. Our smartphone is pow more powerful than desktop computers and laptops and, and tablets today. So technology is advancing at lightning speed. And if you are trying to produce good videos and audio and content, you need to stay up on top of that performance because expectation wise as the users they expect you to be on top of your game right first yeah. impressions totally so um you touched on like you're renting um the you know from those those systems like squarespace and wix and that what about in wordpress so wordpress you actually get to build your own website is one one of the uh websites that you can use but then they've got plugins like uh, Elementor or you know those sort of things is that a similar thing to Squarespace are you like effectively now just you've got the shell of Square um, WordPress but now you've got Elementor which is like Squarespace but in WordPress is that so that's a theme so that's a theme that you can own and you can update every year right as mm -hmm. a I guess you're renting their platform but they're re-updating it on a regular basis because what Wix and Squarespaces is not only are they building a website, but they're hosting it and they're supporting you with email and bandwidth and all that other stuff, right? Mm. So it's a lot less control because you don't have full admin access, sure, right? Versus you building it from scratch, right? Like you mentioned, Elementor and WordPress and other different themes, right? Um, so build it. If you're serious, take care and own everything 
just like owning your business, you don't want to rent your business. <laughs> yeah, right? totally. So I remember when I first started my business, I, I started to learn code, uh, HTML coding, uh, CSS, and started to learn all of that so I could build a website. It was really difficult. It's like learning a new language. Um, but two new languages. But um, now it's not that hard, is it? We've got these builders that makes it very easy, like Squarespace, but then there's ones within something like WordPress that makes it easy for to make those edits. Exactly. So there's a lot, it's a lot easier today than ever, but if you're not comfortable and not technology savvy at all, right? Like your profession is being an electrician. You love that hands-on dealing with the nitty gritty, right? Mm. And you have no interest. My thoughts is make sure you're abreast of what's going on, but don't really need to know the nitty gritty. Yeah. Hire someone that knows it, but you're asking the right questions when you're hiring them, right? So that you don't get duped, right? It's very similar to like people hiring an electrician. They probably try to do it themselves. They go to YouTube, they try to educate themselves and figure it out, right? But you're not an expert because you're just trying to do it one time, right? Mm. You've done it hundreds, thousands of times, and you've seen what goes wrong and what doesn't. And that's why people pay you for a service, right? Yeah. Similar to these other experts, you pay for a service and you expect that to be longstanding, right? Versus you trying to do it, get frustrated, and you're going to waste more time and effort, and you're going to pay way more money and time. Time is the biggest asset that you have, right, in life. Yeah, so it almost comes back to our start of our conversation where it's like, you don't have to do the things you hate and you don't have to spend all this time and energy learning something that you're not going to love doing because you've got the skill and the passion for something else. So, cool. Um, so, with um, in terms of hiring like an SEO expert or a web designer or something like that, what's the benefits of going to something like an agency and what people need to watch out for with some agencies? I've heard some bad stories. How do you find a good one and how does it compare to hiring someone on something like Upwork? And just hiring a fr freelancer yeah definitely um, there's a, I guess because I'm in this agency world and I know a lot of competitors in it um, it's all about like what differentiates themselves right it's like you and there's a lot of other electric contractors do their due diligence make sure you're checking their site checking their work checking their references and it's all about relationship building. And I always bring back to solid foundation of building a business, right? What is your long-standing goal? If you plan on being in business for a long time and you want to either do it in-house, bring someone on, do they have the experience and what assets or facets are they strong at versus an agency that has everything already in alignment and all the processes streamlined and it can save you way more time right? Figuring things out. Yeah. So track record, experience, reference, and gut, right? Like you just need to ask intelligent questions, call a couple agencies, check out the references and do your due diligence, right? Quoting price is one thing. I think, you know, everyone claims the world in this, you know, SEO world, right? They, they over promise and under deliver more than ever. Um, I always say, is that reality? in this mm. world. So I'm very much like, here's, you know, I, as much as they do due diligence on me, I do as much due diligence on them to I'm see if they're a good fit or not. Right. Yeah. Because it's core values. Like, are you in the same alignment? Like, do you see eye to eye? Are you in it for all the right reasons on the value wise? Right. Yeah. Because there's certain verticals that I hate working with because I'm never going to be like, them how they value their time and money and their structure and how they treat people aren't in alignment with what my values are right so figure that out see what works for you and ask the right questions because there's a lot of blogs out there videos podcasts to teach you but if you're not strong you need to figure out which way to go right so find freelancers if you have a low budget Figure out what's important. Is it content? Is it uh, on page? Is it technical? Is it website design? You can get freelancers for everything, but are they good at anything? Yeah. Right? Or you have an agency that has a lot of experience and a lot of good track record and specialize, and re they really care about growing you, growing your business, and being there 
when times of crisis like this pandemic or they're just in it for a quick dollar you'll find out really quickly right yeah there's a couple of good points you made there is like choosing your clients a lot of people try and work for everyone it just doesn't work and the second thing the way i'm picturing it in my head is it's like an agency they take the time to select the people who are who are gifted and skilled at their job rather and know the questions to ask for on page for web design for seo whatever it is so they know how to find the right people whereas you would have to try and learn it then try and find the right freelancer without the experience to be able to performance manage your freelancer because you don't know what they're actually doing and that's probably the most frustrating thing as a business owner is when you give someone something to do and you don't know if they're doing a good job or not that's like real crap so <laughs> yeah and so again it's onboarding right like from your staff standpoint taking on new new staff that training onboarding make sure they're in alignment and it's as important as taking on a new client what's the process like and i've er learned over the years on how to refine it so that it's streamlined it's efficient it's productive and it provides good results right so that's what an agency should actually look for um, efficiencies it looks for increased productivity and increased results for a client and really just taking care of them right building a solid relationship so I'm all about like long-term kind of clients that they I feel vested in them and they feel vested in me because they took on that you know relationship right in the first place yeah Totally. I think that's a good business lesson for anyone in any industry to be able to do that. That's a, you know, to learn to say no to people is, is a really powerful thing. Otherwise, you're working, you know, 80% of your time is going to the, you know, frustrating periods of, you know, and your 20% that are actually giving you the, the profit, 80% of the profit are sweet. So you get rid of that 20% of the, the bad eggs and you're feeling great because you got all this extra time and no frustration. I think a lot of people, if you've been in business for two to five or even longer years, a lot of people focus and emphasize so much of their time and efforts in marketing in top funnel or bringing in new customers and they forget about their existing customers and how to grow your business from that existing client base or lead base, right? So if you aren't doing a lot of internal marketing or how do you stay keep them engaged and get some referrals from that you're missing out on abundant amount of business because you're not running a good business yeah <laughs> totally man hey before we finish up i'd love to bounce back um to what you said at the start so you spent some time teaching your is it one you've got one kid yeah one child and and right. how old he's four and a half right now yeah okay cool and so you're doing some teaching of your four and a half year old? Yeah, like school is out. He's, you know, in JKSK or whatever. Yeah. And there's not a lot of, you know, learning from him. He's usually playing, right? But for me, it's all about life lessons, right? I'm all about like, as a father, I want him to grow up to make up his own mind, make his own decisions and be as, you know, useful as possible right like someone that actually appreciates and is compassionate and all the core values that i see in running up a good business or as a person as a dad right so over the last couple months just seeing him grow the attitude the way he you know interacts with people it's a lot of fun right yeah. it's like you see someone like yourself and you want to mold them but you also want him to make mistakes and that's a part of life right it's great it's so cool watching you know i've got a three and a six-year-old and watching them you know make mistakes learn get frustrated at things like trying to get them to you know not get um not take that negative you know as a negative thing and to learn from the mistake and it's really cool like i have to agree <laughs> the favorite part and it's different right and because you know my favorite part early was dropping him off in the morning and picking him up at night and then spending all night with him right playing and learning but now i have the whole you know last three months of spending way more time than i should be but it gives you a better perception of what's important in life in general right like if you have family if you have good solid relationships spend time with people that's most important in your life yeah totally
Oh, I really appreciate your time, John. It's been super good talking to you and I've learned some cool things and I'm sure the listeners are pumped about what they've heard as well and getting ready to get stuck in. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, hopefully a lot of people that are starting or thinking of doing some SEO, there's tons of resources out there, right? Don't get frustrated. I always say, if you're unsure, reach out to someone. And all these entrepreneurs, all these business owners, all these community yeah, leaders yeah. and members, they're the most giving type of people in the world, right? Where they want to share and they want to help. So if you are stuck, don't get frustrated. Yeah, powerful words, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Not a problem, Greg. Thanks a lot for having me. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Thanks.